Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Friday, May 12th. We begin with our weekly conversation with Jackson Prosco, Global News Washington Bureau Chief. Jackson brings us details on former President Donald Trump being found liable in the sexual abuse case earlier this week and what it might mean for his 2024 presidential campaign. It's the season of sneezing. The warm weather is great unless you're prone to allergies. We catch up with Calgary-based pharmacist Brian Jones for some tips on how to deal with an earlier-than-usual allergy season. And finally, if you're traveling on rural highways this spring, be aware of slow-moving farm equipment. We speak with Lurie Williamson, CEO of Agriculture for Life, for details on a new safety awareness campaign her group has created called Be Seen and Be Safe. Former President Donald Trump was found guilty of sexual abuse this week. Joining us to discuss this and the latest news south of the border is Global News Washington Bureau Chief Jackson Prosco. Good morning to you, Jackson. Good morning and happy Friday. Happy Friday to you. Well, let's uh, break this down and start with the jury's decision this week. What does this mean for the former president uh, ahead of the 2024 election? Well, assuming he is unsuccessful in his appeals, it means he's on the hook for about $5 million in damages for defamation, for um, the uh, impact of his alleged actions. Of course, this was the finding of a jury, not simply of a judge. Whether it will impact his fortunes in the 2024 election doesn't seem likely. Uh, You know, there was a CNN town hall this week in which it was brought up and the audience of Republicans essentially laughed the whole thing off. So uh, I doubt it will have a political impact. Most people are pretty entrenched in their views of Donald Trump at this point. Speaking of, why in the world did CNN have Trump on for this town hall? Because really all he did was, again, spew the same BS about how the election was rigged. Oh my gosh, are we not past that? Yeah, I think you could argue in two different ways. One is, why are you platforming somebody who you know is just going to be a waterfall of lies that you cannot possibly fact check in real time? That's absolutely a valid criticism. The other side of the coin, of course, is that voters deserve to see what Donald Trump, the frontrunner in the Republican Party, uh, sounds like and acts like. And I think people can draw their own conclusions. You know, the fact that Trump, for example, was not able to articulate his own personal position, say, on a federal ban on abortions, when that is arguably the top issue for Republican voters and when his opponents in the Republican primary all have. That's pretty telling. And in fact, CNN, after the town hall, conducted a focus group of Republican voters. And only one person in that room said that based on what they heard uh, that evening, were committed to supporting and voting for Donald Trump. So arguably, Trump may have helped himself with the Republican base, but probably hurt himself with the general electorate. Because bottom line, it's very clear to anyone watching that uh, Donald Trump is running as Donald Trump. He hasn't changed. So if you liked what you saw in 2020, that's what you're going to get. If you didn't like what you saw in 2020, that's what you're going to get. Also in the headlines, the news that the U.S. is again facing the nation's debt limit. Jackson, how big of a deal is this? It just seems very common to me anyway over the past 10 years. And how does the U.S. plan to avoid default? Yeah, so there are only two countries on Earth in which the government is actually required to continually authorize the amassing of debt to fund its obligations, and the United States is one of them. Being that it is the world's largest economy, were it to default on its debt, which could happen as early as June 1st, it would be catastrophic, not only for the U.S., but for the global economy for a couple of reasons. First and foremost, the U.S. would not be able to fund its obligations. So millions of government workers would miss their paychecks, people on social assistance would miss their assistance checks, 
and foreign countries that hold American debt would miss the servicing payments on that debt. So uh, any expert you talk to agrees that this would be catastrophic for the U.S. Essentially, what we're in right now is a stalemate where Republicans are saying, uh, look, we will raise the debt ceiling only if the Biden administration undertakes extreme spending cuts and rolls back spending. They're saying that the current level of spending is unsustainable. The Biden administration, though, refuses to negotiate in any way, shape or form whatsoever, pointing out that, look, the spending that they need to do is spending that's already been authorized by Congress. And in fact, the rate of spending increased most dramatically under former President Trump, at which point Republicans had no problem increasing the debt ceiling on three separate occasions. Bottom line, like everything in this country, it all comes down to politics. But even speculation about a possible default can hurt the U.S. and the economy. The last time they came close in 2011 under President Obama, the U.S. actually saw its credit rating downgraded on global markets. Mm. Uh, let's talk about Title 42. Today is the day that I, it disappears today, I believe. Is that right? And uh, this is the, the rule that kept immigrants out during COVID. But now with that disappearing, already big lineups we're hearing at then seeing of masses of people at the U.S.-Mexico border. What does this mean for the U.S. and what's the president saying about it? Yeah, so essentially what happened at midnight is that this pandemic-era rule, this prohibition on asylum seekers, expired. Uh, asylum seekers are effectively going to be turned back at the border at this point. And so uh, they will not be able to claim asylum in the U.S. unless they have uh, um, successfully proven that they did not try to claim asylum in Mexico, for example. They're basically saying, look, if you entered into Mexico first, that's where you should have claimed asylum in the first place. All right, now for uh, switching gears, kind of a high-profile job, but I don't know exactly who would be lining up for this, but apparently there is a victim, I mean, a, a candidate to be the new CEO of Twitter. Tell us about what we, what we know about this new CEO in, in the process in place to put in this new CEO. Yeah, the speculation is that uh, they're going to tap the head of advertising for NBC Universal. Um, you know, don't know a lot about her leanings or her background, but this is interesting. I mean, Elon Musk did he keep his promise, I guess, to step aside as CEO. Uh, you have to think, though, that anyone who is taking on that job is going to be sort of aligned with Elon Musk's vision for the company, which, of course, includes uh, just as of this week onboarding former Fox News host Tucker Carlson. Uh, let's wrap things up with another discussion about uh, this one, George Santos. So this is a New York congressman who now we know has lied about just about everything in his life. It sounds like Republicans are standing by him until something further comes along. Perhaps he's found guilty, even though he's you know pretty much admitted that a lot of it was fraudulent that he said. What's the latest on George Santos? Yeah, yes and no as to whether they're standing by him. Look, they're not calling on him to resign right now because they need his vote, right? Republicans mm -hmm. and Kevin McCarthy have such a slim majority in Congress right now. Uh, what they are though, saying is that they would not support him uh, if he runs for re-election. And, uh, you know, it sort of depends what happens here. Could there be a special election, what Canadians would call a by-election if Santos is forced out? Or are we simply waiting until uh, 2024? These are sort of the, the open questions right now. But look, the charges against him are serious. Uh, allegations of wire fraud, of lying to Congress, of money laundering. And uh, the bottom line is, I think uh, Republicans may grow tired of the drama they just need to keep him around right now because they need his vote. All right. Thanks for that, Jackson. And uh, we appreciate it. Happy uh, weekend to you. You've made it. And uh, we'll catch up again next week. Thank you so much. That is Jackson Prosco, Global News Washington Bureau Chief.
Andy brilliantly called it the season for sneezing, and he is right. Warm weather, meaning trees and flowers are starting to bloom. And yes, unfortunately, that also means allergy season is upon us. Joining us with some tips to get you and your family through allergy season is Brian Jones, associate owner and pharmacist with Shoppers Drug Mart here in Calgary. Good morning to you, Brian. Thanks so much for joining us. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much as well. Have a great day. Oh, I appreciate it. Are we underway with allergy season already then? Because it sure feels like it with my runny nose. Absolutely crazy right now. Uh, all us poor allergy sufferers, myself included, are feeling uh, the, the pollen boom that's happened with the, the warmer weather. And now the rain has come. And now we're going to get that hot weather. Look out. Look out because we want to be outside. There's the catch-22. Our summer is about 15 seconds, Brian, and we want to get on out there and, and the spring, the smells of spring, but I can't even imagine. I have no allergies whatsoever. I can't even imagine, you know, uh, suffering. So what are, maybe you're new uh, to the allergy world. How do I know that I have allergies and I, I don't just have a cold? What are some of the signs? Yeah, so, so the main signs, itchy, watery eyes, sneezing, runny nose and it's usually a clear fluid right sometimes with a cold or a flu we've got the thicker mucus this is just like water running down your um down out of your nose the back of your throat the <clears throat> and the hard swallows are a very common sign of allergies the top of your mouth um, is itchy to the point where you want to scratch it with your tongue or even uh something stronger than that so those are the main symptoms we look for Good morning, everyone, and welcome to your breakfast. Uh, but it is a fact of life. Uh, antihistamines or decongestants, you know, how do people determine what is the best option when they're feeling some of those symptoms, Brian? Yeah, so antihistamines will actually help solve your situation. Uh, preventing is always key. So if you know you're an allergy sufferer and you know once the, uh, the sun comes out and the pollen comes out, make sure you're taking antihistamines ahead of time. Decongestants will help with the stuffy nose. So people that are all tubbed up and they can't and they can't breathe because their nose is so uh, so swollen and and, and closed, that with a decongestant will help. So it, it just depends on what's going on. Not everybody can take decongestants safely, depending on their other medications. So it's always good to ask. So the allergens, Brian, courtesy of Mother Nature, talking about the pollen and such, and even if it's grass, and we've heard about snow mold, for example, from that <laughs> previous melting. But then we had another variable, which is the fire smoke. Mm. Can can that trigger allergies, or is that completely different? Well, well, some people do have allergies to smoke, right? You've heard some people say, my goodness, I can't be around and start sneezing, watery eyes. So it just depends on the person. The smoke absolutely can cause issues combined with the pollen, combined with, you know, most of the snow mold I hope is gone now. My goodness, I don't hope we don't see any more of that. Um, <laughs> uh, let's talk a little bit about life hacks then, Brian, in terms of unconventional tips. Maybe we've talked about, you know, over-the-counter drugs or yep. prescription drugs, but are there some some tips that you can help us manage our allergies, even if we maybe they're, they're kind of new to us this season? Yeah, no, just recognize um, that they're actually allergies. I got a lot of people say, I've never had allergies before. And all of a sudden, they've got the, all the core symptoms we talked about. I tell people, avoid um, morning time. Everyone has their window open overnight, and all the pollen's being produced overnight in the morning while we're sleeping. So that pollen's floating into our homes, covering our beds and our pillows, and then we smush our face in our pillow all night. People will come home after a long day or being outside and uh, they won't change out of their clothes. I tell people with really bad allergies, change your clothing, wash, uh, wash down, take a shower, get that pollen off of you, um, change your pillowcase frequently, because again, any pollen that sits on that pillowcase from early morning 
pollen runs or if you come in with your clothes from outside, it's all over everywhere. You can't see it, but it can cause a lot of problems. All right, for us adults, you know, we understand allergies. We perhaps lived with them for years, and we can go to the you know, pharmacy and look at a whole bevy of, of different medications. I'm, I'm assuming it's a little different for the kids. How do we care for our kids with allergies? Do we have to have uh, some special steps to take care of that? Not necessarily special steps, but you have to just kind of pay attention to to what they're up to. Because, again, some adults, but mostly kids, they're rolling around right outside, right? Uh, they're really getting into the dirt and the grass and the allergens. So making sure that they're washing their hands, trying not to touch their face as often as, um, as they may well. Antihistamines are available for kids as well uh, from all age ranges for the most part. Um, if you've never had allergies before, it's worthwhile to maybe look at them a little more carefully depending on the symptoms that could affect breathing. So if that's doing that for your kids, of course, um, you want to get checked out by your healthcare professional. But nothing special, special for kids, except for it takes a little more um, vigilance to watch them. Brian, curious, um, when we go to the drugstore, so if we have not, you know, gotten a prescription necessarily for an allergy medication and we go to the drugstore, are the no-name ones just as good as the, the you know, name brand allergy or decongestant mag- um, medicines out there? Yeah, that's a great question. And I've got a lot of patients who are just confident with the name brands. But you know what? If you open up my cupboard, I've got the generic ones in the cupboard because it's the active medicine that I look for. I don't look for the name brands. I look for what's in it because it's going to be the same. So um, definitely if you want to save some dollars, I tell patients always buy the name, uh, no-name brand. So talk about that active medicine part a, a little yeah. bit more. So so the, 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 the standard antihistamines that we typically recommend are like desloratadine. We use, um, which is uh, uh, Arius. We use reactin or cetirizine. Those are the two main ones that we go to. Uh, there are other ones out there depending on the patient's needs. Um, and they're also by prescription antihistamines. So uh, if your symptoms are extremely uh, annoying or um, or you want to go that route, certainly you can talk to your pharmacist as well. Brian, another question, and it's kind of attached to the, the last one Sue just threw at you, and that is, you know, medication aside, do I have to get diagnosed from my family physician that I have an allergy, or would it be safe to go and, and pick up some allergy medicine. Is there any harm in me trying an allergy medication out if I suspect I have allergies? No, that's a really good question. Again, seasonal allergies related to weather and whatnot are usually pretty easy to know because all of a sudden you go outside, you come inside, and you're, and you're just a mess, right? Your eyes are all swollen, and they're, they're leaking, and your nose is leaking, and everything is sneezing. Um, if it's causing other problems, say you've got huge body rashes or swelling in places that you don't normally have and, or it's really, really bad and it's hard to control, it might be worthwhile to get checked out just to make sure it's not something uh, that needs further assessment. So, I love it. Great tips, Brian. Thank you so much. A little chance for you to plug. Which Shoppers Drug Mart are you at? I'm down at the Evergreen store. Evergreen, perfect. Associate owner, pharmacist at the Evergreen Shoppers Drug Mart. Thanks so much for your time this morning. Appreciate it. Cheers, guys. Have a good day. Thanks. That's Brian Jones. I uh Wanted to uh, mention something about those generic drugs. My daughter, uh, as I talked about on the program here last a week ago yesterday, mm-hmm. had heart surgery. That's right, and is recovering uh, yes, nicely. Yes, absolutely. And it wasn't an Thank open goodness. heart thing. They went through a vein, and, and they had to fuse uh, a circuit. We don't want to get into details because it's a lot of a gobbledygook, but she's she's recovering perfectly back at We're school. We're so lucky for our Canadian health care system. 
But with that, had to take the baby aspirin was the doctor said you have to take oh, a really? baby every for 40 days because you want to make sure the blood is thinned out just a bit for 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 safety's sake. And that's great. So I had to buy some baby aspirin. I looked at the uh, uh, aspirin brand itself. It happened to be a Costco. I wonder if they'll have it because, you know, you have, I don't need 48 packs of this stuff. Right. right. <laughs> but they had the, uh, the the Bayer type brand. And I believe it was 20 or $22, okay? And I think there was 250 or 300 tabs. The Costco brand, and it's ASA. It is still aspirin brand. Yeah. Exact same specifications. was six ninety nine for 365 tablets wow. for those people who take it daily. It's exact same specifications. That's the thing. I mean, it, you know, nowadays, the, the no-name medications, it's not really no-name. It's all by name brand yeah. companies. It's just off-brand, and you pay way, way less. Cause, well, but it can be super expensive for this stuff. And to hear from pharmacist Brian Jones that his cabinet has yeah. the no-name brands mm-hmm. of these specific drugs. Fantastic. That's good. Uh, so allergies, if you think you have them, you know you have them, your kids might have them, you can go buy some good over-the-counter stuff. Buy the no-name. There's nothing wrong with it. Absolutely. It's no secret. Just the season. Slow-moving farm equipment on rural highways in the spring, moving into the summer. With advice to keep motorists and farmers alike safe this spring, we're joined by Lurie Williamson, CEO of Agriculture for Life. Good morning to you, Lurie. Good morning. This is, it, it seems like it should be common sense, uh, but common sense not so common, especially when we switch seasons, people happy to be out and about. So let's talk about the hazards faced by farmers who are operating their equipment on rural roads. Yeah, for sure. And, and it is. I think we all get excited that uh, spring is here and we're out and we're, we're swapping our, our tires and getting our summer tires on and heading out into the rural communities. Um, but we do have to remember that the farmers and ranchers uh, are back. They're out seeding and um, they've got large pieces of equipment. And the biggest thing is to remember that they're, they're because they're so large, excuse me, there's a lot of blind spots. So just because you can see the operator driving the large piece of equipment doesn't mean that they can see you. So we want to always remind people that uh, keep in mind that the driver can't always see you. So slow down and keep back at least 50 feet when you're following um, so that that gives some reaction time and an opportunity for the operator of of the tractor to see you. It is a great reminder for sure, yeah. We see them, they're big, and we think, oh, it's annoying because it's slowing me down. But, I mean, you really do need to be super careful because they can't see us for one, and they are slow moving. So there are dangers that go along with that as well, aren't there? Absolutely. I mean, they, you know, a piece of farm equipment, typical speed is 30 to 40 kilometers an hour. I mean, they're not meant to be uh, on the racetracks. Um, so, so they're moving slow. They're trying to get from one field to another. You know, seeding time is here, and it's a short period of time. So, uh, you know, we want to be very aware uh, and appreciative of the work that farmers are doing and and getting the seeds in the ground so we can all eat. Um, So, you know, be patient. Just take a deep breath. Wait for the vehicle uh, to safely, um, you know, make its its exit off the the highway, and then you can proceed with your uh, fun drive in the sun. Mm. I'm not sure. Maybe this is more of a city slicker question, and I'm just, you know, not in that world, Lurie, but in the city of Calgary, for example, in major cities, there's protocols in place if there's a tow truck or a police vehicle on the side that you have to hit a certain speed. Is just just all ad hoc in your own personal judgment, or are there any, you know, uh, uh, mandates in, on pla- in place for, for rural roads in, in the province? You know, it, it really is... Um 
When you see a vehicle with the bright orange triangle, and I, we've probably all seen them, that's a slow-moving vehicle sign. That's really your first um, indication that that piece of equipment, I mean, other than it's huge, um, you know, that, that piece of equipment is, is not moving very quickly. So uh, common courtesy for, for all drivers on the roads is to slow down. You've got a large piece of equipment. It's a slow-moving piece of equipment. Uh, so, you know, courtesy as a driver on the road is to slow down and be aware of, of the potential hazards. Um, you know, I've been out driving and I've seen, you know, individuals, you know, drive quite quickly past the, the farm equipment uh, and that's when incidents occur. There isn't necessarily, um, you know, kind of the, the slogan that goes with, you know, when you see the, the snow plows and the amber lights and everything flashing, but, um, you know, we, we try and remind people this time of the year that it is the common courtesy and there is that potential hazard on the road. Lurie, we want to send people to agricultureforlife.ca. You've got a great website. People can learn lots there. Ag for Life, I love it. Thank you so much for your time this morning. A, a wonderful reminder as we see those uh, large pieces of equipment moving around out on side roads and highways, etc. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Lurie Williamson is Ag for Life CEO. And again, you can go online, agricultureforlife.ca.